that should lock us in, give us ears to hear, Lord, eyes to see. Holy Spirit, connect us right now. Help us to hear your voice, to move with you, Lord, to, to catch this. We thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, that everything be accomplished, you will be done. We find back in the name of Jesus' name. Felt today the Spirit of the Lord upon me in prayer as the Spirit of prophecy. And the Lord gave me this word for you guys. I'm going to read a couple other words and then just share something very briefly. My eye is on the time because I want to make sure we have time to pray. But the next nine months, this is really starting in January, I believe. It'll be approximately around a nine month period. From January to around mid-January to around the October time frame to September, October. That will be a great birthing of something powerful and significant. Let me read that again. The next nine months or so will be the birthing of something very powerful and significant. God is in the process of vindication. This is a time of jubilee and also the framework for a sovereign move of God. The sermons, the impartation, and the cleansing that is happening over the next nine months or so will be a great preparation for the days ahead. Between now and the Feast of Tabernacles in 2014, you will see God's hand at work mightily in your midst. The key words for this spiritual season we are now entering is jubilee and the sovereign move of God. Those would be the two phrases. Well, the word jubilee and then the phrase sovereign move of God will be very key. So starting in January, due to the Feast of Tabernacles, very significant, powerful work God's going to be doing to prepare. Now I'm going to read a couple of prophetic words that came forth January from a mighty man of God I love and respect, I believe is significant for those in our ministry. Like a, shake, a snake would shed its skin, you look behind you, and you're going to see that you've left behind mourning, sadness, and hopelessness. Now the sun is shining on your hair and on your shoulders, birds are singing. The wind is in your hair and at your back. You will hardly believe that you stayed in that place so long. You are letting go of it and it's letting go of you. There's a mighty rumbling. It's the hoofs of God's angels that are coming to bring freedom to the captives. Their swords are drawn. Their banners are flying. Your enemies that have tormented you are already nervous. Your enemies even hear the sound of deliverance too. They are losing their influence and confusion is beginning to set in. Even right now, they are scattering. Already they are becoming like loose soil where at once they held you like concrete, but your enemies will leave bounty and spoils that you will gather from the battle. Not one shot will have to be fired because this battle is from the Lord himself. He will fight for you. Your enemies will scatter at the sound of the Lord of hosts. This will be as a sudden thing. It will be a sudden thing. I believe this time that we're entering, there's going to be a shedding of the snake skin as things are peeling off some people that needs to go. There's actually going to be strongholds that are loosened and where it used to be around your life like cement, it's going to be cracked and broken and begin to be dismantled and removed out of your life. This is because you're coming into Jubilee. There will be a sovereign move of God in your midst. For one person in particular, this is not for everybody, it's just for one person within the sound of my voice right now, and they'll know who they are. The investment that you have made in someone very close to you will not be in vain. Years of investment, prayers, and intercession. The Lord is already at work untangling Satan's web that he has meticulously woven for your son. 
The blindfold over his eyes are coming off, and he will see clearly the trap that was laid for his soul. When he's free, it will set you free. Go ahead and rejoice now. It's as good as done. You need to praise God for the victory because it's already done. So I feel the Spirit of the Lord saying in the next season, Jubilee in a sovereign move of God. Also feel there'll be a sifting. Let me read some scriptures. First John two eighteen. Dear, dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from among us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them really belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. You have an anointing from the Holy One. But there are some that have gone out from among us, and maybe some more that will. But they didn't really belong to us. For if they had, they would have remained. Second Corinthians eleven thirteen. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. No wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Therefore, it's not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end will be according to their deeds. So there are deceitful workers, people that masquerade as God's servants that are not really God's servants. There are demons, there are spirits, that their sole purpose is to masquerade as spirits of God, but they are satanic. Are you hearing me? Not every person that has a reputation, not every person that's a preacher is really of God or from God. Not every person that calls themselves an apostle is really an apostle. Not every person that calls themselves a prophet is really a prophet. Not every person that teaches is really teaching the truth. Not every spirit is from the Lord. For Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, therefore it's not surprising if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Acts twenty twenty five. Now I know that none of you among whom I've gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Paul was talking to his church there. He said, Therefore I declare to you today that I'm innocent of any blood, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. How many knows we need to proclaim the whole will of God? The whole counsel of God. Keep, keep watch over yourselves and the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you an overseer. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know Paul said after I leave that savage wolves will come in among you and not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard and remember that for three years I never stop warning you day and night with tears. So it's, Paul said even out of your own number among the church, there were men that would rise and distort the truth and try to draw away disciples after themselves. First Thessalonians 5.12 it says, know them which labor among you. The word know means to get to know very well, okay? Intimately know, have knowledge of. Know those that labor among you. First Timothy 5.22, don't be hasty about laying on of hands. In Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assemblies of, assembling of yourselves together, as some do, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And we'll give you a couple quick parallels to September the 11th, 2001. 9-11 was a strategized plan that was in the work for many years. It fell into place on September the 11th, 2001 as terrorists struck suddenly. Everybody say suddenly. They used our planes, our pilots, our fuel to attack and hit our strengths. 
Satan seeks to use God's people for his purpose. He tries to come in through people's weaknesses to target the strengths and the anointing of ministries, their leaders, in an attempt to neutralize the effectiveness of the church. Isn't that true? Let me give you a couple of things to parallel 9-11. Because 9-11, in many ways, was, was a very satanic thing, very demonic. Murder, the shedding of innocent blood in the name of God. Number one, in 9-11, the terrorist sought stealth infiltration. Osama bin Laden had written a book in which he, he encouraged those that would be terrorists to make sure that they blended into the culture in which they live. Make sure they didn't have beards. Make sure, you know, obviously they did, the decor would match and they would blend in as to look like everybody else. To draw away any suspicion away from them. The first attack on 9-11 was a stealth infiltration to look like us, but they were wolves in sheep's clothing. They were actually like satanic ministers from the enemy. Satan tries to infiltrate into ministries. Very seldom are satanic attacks outside of ministry effective. A lot of times it's just free advertisement. You know, the enemy stirs up a big stink, something will come up. And, you know, and actually, just like, for example, the Passion of the Christ, that Satan made this big hoopla about it. So there was a lot of people that went to see the movie just because of the hoopla. If, it, if nothing had ever been said about it, if it wasn't a big deal, it just slipped into the theaters quietly. It would probably have been half the people went to see it. But because of all the controversy surrounding it, it drew the masses. So usually Satan's attacks on the outside um, actually are free advertisement. And will draw in a lot more people that are just curious. I'm going to go check it out and see what all this big stuff's about. I mean, what's going on here? But it's the attacks from the inside where Satan can find somebody's weakness and come in through that weakness like Satan entered Judas come in through that weakness, run his hand up him like a puppet, and begin to use somebody. And a lot of times they don't even think they're being used of the devil. They think they're being used of God. They think the thing that's whispering in their ear is the Holy Ghost. The whole time it's a demon. And it's using them to try to destroy and neutralize the church. Number two, which I just mentioned, but they try to come in through your weaknesses. That's why it's so important to stay humble. Amen? God gives grace to the humble. Almost every time there's any type of destruction in a church, the person is usually a rebellious person. They have a bad attitude toward authority, but it goes back to pride in them. They do not like being told what to do, and they do not like coming under authority. And it's pride. It's pride that bucks up against. It's pride that breeds rebellion, just like Lucifer. He was arrogant, and then he rebelled. So they try to come in through weaknesses. Therefore, you've got to stay humble and under God's grace. Number, number three, they try to strike at the strengths. They try to take out what's effective. What's a big threat to the devil? The soul winning. Things like touching hearts. Things like Brother Anthony taking people out on the streets. Posting revival here. It's a threat. And Satan wants to neutralize what's effective. You start taking away his little soldiers away from him. And converting them from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. He's not happy about it. You start going into dark places with the light. He's not thrilled. So he tries to neutralize effective ministries. He wants to try to neutralize the prayer and intercession. 
because he sees the power that it's releasing. Amen? Number four, he always targets leadership. If you cut the head off anything, it'll die. Jesus taught us, strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. Satan's goal is always to target the leaders, the pastors and the the leaders. It's always that way. And the goal is, once you strike the shepherd, you try to scatter the sheep, and he tries to come in through people's weaknesses to oppose the pastor or his wife or some other leaders, elders, etc. Number five, in 9-11, whenever the planes hit the building, they hit the top of the building. The battleground is your mind. What are you going to entertain in your mind? Is it okay that I just be real? I don't have a lot of time to sugarcoat things. I'm just trying to be blunt. But, you know, a lot of Christians are some of the biggest babies on planet Earth. And to be honest with you, it's embarrassing. It really is. There's people get away with things in church they would never get away with in the secular workplace. And they wouldn't get away with among their families because their brothers and sisters would tell them, shut up and grow up. But they come to church and they sit around crying a pew because somebody looked at them all. It's time that we mature and shake things off and just love each other. You guys, does anybody here have brothers and sisters? Most people do. There's not too many only children. Okay. Was there a time in your life that your brother or sister really made you mad? Seriously. Was there a time that you genuinely ticked them off? And I mean a good one. Was there a time? All right. Do you still love each other? you still family? All right. Then let's just love each other and be family. I'll extend grace to you. You extend grace to me. Let's just love each other. If you get mad, just talk it out amongst ourselves. But Satan is not, the outside, the four walls, attacks are not that big a deal. But if he can get somebody inside that's trouble, that's a different story. And I've been shocked at how effective that can be. Among people I would have never thought in my life. All right. I think I'm on number six. Steal your freedom. Whenever the terrorists struck on 9-11, their goal was to steal our freedom. They hate the freedom that's in democracy. They hate the freedom in America. They want to impose Sharia law and the caliphate and all that. They, they hate the freedom. The attack against the church is against the freedom of the Holy Ghost. Are you hearing me? Freedom in praise, freedom in worship, the freedom in the move of the Spirit. Satan hates freedom. He hates it. He wants churches to be boring and dull and dry and lukewarm. The goal of Satan's kingdom is if he cannot send somebody to hell, he knows that they're going to be saved. He knows the church is going to have Christians in it. He realizes that he's not stupid. So his goal is, that's fine. They're already saved. I've already lost them. There's nothing else I can do about it. Now let's just make sure they're lukewarm and stay lukewarm and ineffective for the, for the kingdom of God. Just neutralize them. Just keep them lukewarm. Let it be a little social event. They're not winning souls. They're not seeing a move of God. They're just there. And we'll leave them alone. They'll leave us alone. Just neutralize them. That is bondage. And that's what Satan's wanting to do is want to target the freedom and stifle that and bring like a wet blanket over the fire, put it out, bring a sterility, a spiritual coldness. So what we've got to do, number seven, is we've got to remain humble. We've got to fight for unity. We've got to live a holy life and stay underneath authority. There are times that churches have gone through such an attack that they've never really fully recovered. I know churches like that. They've never really, truly, fully recovered. And that's the goal of Satan. 
Don't allow the enemy a foothold or an offense. If you get offended with somebody, just go talk to him about it. It's not that big a deal. I believe the enemy is trying. This is what I feel prophetically. I believe the enemy is trying right now to re-strategize as to what has previously been done is not working. He will first try to use somebody in the church if he can. If that doesn't work, he'll try to infiltrate somebody. But I'm not worried about it. I'm just here to sound the alarm and say this is what's coming, but I'm not worried about it. Because the Lord will take care of it one. It's the Lord's church, the Holy Spirit that can deal with it, angels on assignment, and no weapon formed against me will prosper, and no weapon formed against this ministry is going to prosper. I just don't want there to be collateral damage. But sometimes when the devil slips in like that, I'm talking about a person. I'm talking about a wolf that's full of the devil, slips in. When they try to wreak havoc, it's not that big a deal. God, I'll, you know, I'll deal with them. They'll, they'll be gone. But what concerns me is I see the collateral damage they cause with a bunch of baby Christians get sucked into their garbage. That's what concerns me. Now, they come in, it's not that big a deal. It ends up, it always ends up this way. It ends up me and them, you know, not a big deal. I'm, I'm not intimidated by that. But I, it hurts me to see the baby Christians that are out of There's baby Christians that used to be in River of Life. They used to roll around the floor laughing at the power of God that are now out of church and don't even go to church. They don't even go to church. They don't even live for the Lord. And it's because of collateral damage from rebels that were used of demon spirits to try to destroy and neutralize the church. And I don't want that to happen to you. Don't, just because somebody comes in here and they lift their hands and they sound spiritual and they laugh on the ground, doesn't mean they're spiritual. Be careful who you listen to. The person sitting on the pew next to you or sitting in the chair next to you can be somebody, if you let them, that really destroys you. You hear me? You need to make sure that you know who you're listening to. Have some discernment about you. If something comes up, come talk to me about it. But my goal is to keep unity. There's only so much I can do with that. I'm doing the best I can. But, you know, the goal is to keep unity. Satan knows this. Jesus taught that a kingdom divided can't stand. And that's what Satan is trying to do, divide and conquer. So be aware of the strategies over this next year. What does the Lord say? He says this next year is going to be a time of jubilee. It's going to be a significant sovereign move of God, a preparation for a sovereign move of God. Very powerful time. But also, even though people are going to be shedding off some things like the snakeskin, people are going to, uh, strongholds around them are going to be loosed. Strategies that ha- that were working in the past aren't going to work anymore because that snakeskins get left behind. The strongholds are coming down. You see what I'm saying? There's breakthroughs. There's jubilee happening. And what worked in the past is no longer working all of a sudden. The devil's like, I used to be able to do this to them, and now they broke loose from it. They're, they're overcome it. He says, now what am I going to do? So the principalities and powers begin to strategize at the gates, and they, they know... The weapon that has worked so many times. And they'll try to infiltrate it one way or another. So I'm just warning you, as a watchman on the wall, some things that the Holy Spirit has shown me. Great move of God. Great revival. And also, let me say this, and I'm done. But I need people's support. If If there's people that are slipping in, and I deal with them, you need to support me, not get mad at me. Y'all hear me? Because, you know, I had to even deal with somebody not that long ago. I don't think any of you really knew this person because they only came a couple times on, like, a a youth event. 
But this person only came a few times and was trying to cause division. And right as I exposed him and was about to deal with him, I haven't seen him since. That's usually what happens. Because the demonic spirit that's using him knows what the pastor knows. We're out of here now. You never see him again. But I'll deal with stuff. But I've seen sometimes where pastors had to deal with stuff, and you've seen it too. Where pastors had to deal with stuff and rebuke somebody. And people, everybody got mad at the pastor. He's so mean. I can't believe he's doing that. <laughs> and the whole time, if the pastor lets him stay, the whole church will be ruined. They'll ruin the church. There's one person that can ruin a church. It don't take a lot. All right, let's go ahead and close this out. Lord, I pray that you'll lock, lock us in and get this word in us and help us so to get um, our eyes open and be ready over this next year. We're going to see some awesome things. But also, we've got to be ready for war because the enemy is not playing games. We thank you for it in Jesus' name.